place. He didn't have lunch. And he arrived at a place where church was having a barbecue. It was already late afternoon, and he was very, very hungry. So he decided to join and shake hands, as politicians do, to greet the people and be able to um, have some food. So he went into the serving line. Um, as they were giving him food, he got to the place where the lady, they were, they were serving chicken. So the lady put one piece of chicken in his plate, <clears throat> but he was very hungry. And he decided to ask her for a second piece of chicken. He said, could you put another piece of chicken there? I'm starving, he says. The lady said, no. The order was given one piece per customer alone. He was usually a very humble, simple man, but he decided to kind of like um, throw his weight of who he was in that moment because he really wanted another piece. So he told, the, he told the woman, do you know who I am? He said, I am the governor of this state. She looked at him and said, do you know who I am? She said, I am the lady in charge of the chicken, so move on. It's all about who is in charge, right? It's all about who has the authority. Jesus has spent a very busy day. And this day, according to the verses that we just read, we have to go back a couple chapters to realize all the activity that went on that day in the life of Jesus. Go to chapter 2 for a second. And verse 1. In chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, we read, And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise, noise that he was in the house. And straight away many were gathered together in so much there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. Go to verse 13. And he went forth again by the seaside, and all the multitude resorted unto him, and he taught them. Chapter 3, verse 7. But Jesus withdrew himself with his disciples to the sea, and a great multitude from Galilee followed him, and from Judea, and from Jerusalem, and from Idumea, and from beyond Jordan, and, and they about Tyre and Sidon, a great multitude, when they had heard what great things he did, came unto him. And he spake to his disciples that a small ship should wait on him because of the multitude, lest they should throne him. For he had healed many, insomuch that they pressed upon him for to touch him as many had had plagues. Look at verse 20. That's in chapter, chapter 3, verse 20. And the multitude come together again, so they could not so, mu so much as eat bread. Chapter 4, verse 1. And he began again to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea and the land. Verse 33, that same chapter, chapter 4. 
And with many such parables spake he the word unto them, and they were able to hear it. But without a parable spake he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. And the same day, and the same day when the evening was come, he said unto them, let us pass over Onto the other side. Jesus had a very, very busy day. If you read the Gospel of Mark, the, the Mark presents us Jesus, a Jesus that is a servant, a servant, one that is going and going and going from one from one event to the other, always working with people and meeting with with, with people. Jesus loves people, and he will go to, to to people to try to meet their needs. All day attending the needs of multitudes that came to him with one plea or another. And verse 35, that same day, Jesus decided to get into this ship and order his disciples, let's go to the other side. One of the things that we see here is this, and I want to point this out. That even though Jesus was busy attending the multitude, he had a vision for the one. He care for one. Because we now know if you continue reading in that chapter, the reason he wanted to go on the other side is because he was going to go to minister to one man. The gathering that was possessed by, by demons that he threw into the herd of, of, of um, um, yes, those things, uh, pigs. Jesus was going all the way to the other side to minister. And this man, we're not going to go in, into that now, but this man was going to not only be transformed in, in, in the outer appearance, but more importantly, in, 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 his, in, in his inner being, so much that he wanted to follow Jesus, and Jesus told him not to, but to go and tell his people what things God have done with him. He become an evangelist to ten cities in the eastern part of Galilee. But even though Jesus had a full day, he still had a vision for that man. Jesus is our example of a servant, giving and giving and giving some more. When we are tired of serving and doing what is right, let us always meditate on our Savior, who in all points he served the man and the very same man that later on was going to turn on him. The same people he came to serve, the same people that one day will cry out Hosanna to him, will also cry out, crucify him. Read with me verse 36 and 37 when the unexpected happened. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the wave beat into the ship so that it was now full. They escaped to the ship and sailed away without much preparation. And then the unexpected happened. A great storm arose that was beating down in the, in, on that ship. Some or so that they thought it was going to, it, it, it was already being full and it was going to go under. This storm was not only affecting their ship, 
but we was also go, going to affect or already affecting those leadership that were following them. In life, sometimes the unexpected happen. In life, sometimes the unexpected happen that cause our feeble life to surrender to the real emotions of the real human emotions of despair, fear, doubt, anxiety, which then can turn into anger, bitterness, or depression. Storms are no fun. The storms of life are no fun. God in his work, in his word, speak of this. I hope this can, can, can affect our life. Go to Matthew chapter 6. If you would please, we don't lose it, Mark. Gospel of Matthew chapter 6 and the 21st verse. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Jesus is speaking here and he's, and he's, and he's teaching the multitude and he comes to this place where he says, verse 24, no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one or love the other or else he will hold the, to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I said unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. It is not life more than meat and the body than raiment. Behold the falls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them, and you're not, are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I said unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you or ye a little faith? Therefore, Take no thought, saying, what shall, I, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or with what or shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father, look at this, for your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, clothing, drink, raiment. Food, all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Look at verse what a wonderful verse. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. 
Jesus gave us the tool, knowing quite well our frame, knowing quite well that when the storm, the unexpected happened, the circumstance of life happened, how our mind, our flesh, our human nature react to it. Yes, storms are no fun, but we do have this, we do have the tools to confront and to face the storm. Knowing all of this, while all of this is going on, where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? While the storm is going on, what is he doing? Look at verse 38. Mark chapter 4, verse 38. And he was in the hinder part of the ship. What? Am I reading right? Does he say what he says there? Asleep on a pillow. Asleep on a pillow. You know, one of the things that we see here that is important for a Christian faith is understand this. That Jesus was a hundred percent a man. A hundred percent a man. He was so tired by all the events of that day that while they were going across, he went into the ship, he lied down on the wood or whatever. I guarantee they didn't have a nice fluffy king-sized bed on the, in there. I guarantee they didn't have that. He just looked for a spot and lied down and just fell asleep. He was sleeping. While the storm was going on. Being so tired, it tells us of Jesus' humanity. In John chapter 11, verse 35, we read that Jesus wept. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, it speaks of he was born of a woman, just like you and I were born of a woman. He was in a woman's womb and came out. Look at Mark chapter 6, verse 3, if you would please, so you don't have to go too far. Just one page. Mark chapter 6. Jesus was human. And he went out, verse 1, thence, and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence are this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty words are brought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, and Joe, and, and, and Jose, he was Mexican, and Jose, and Judah, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended by him. Jesus had a family. Jesus had a, had a family. He went into his own country, his own neighborhood, and when he went into the synagogue and started and, and, and teaching, and they heard him, they say, isn't this the carpenter? That 
He had his business down the road there. He, was, he, he had a job. He had four brothers and sisters. We don't know how many, maybe two or three, but it's plural. He had a family. So Jesus understood the human experience. The book of John said that he became flesh and he was not walking among us just like a, just like a tourist, just in passing. He really went through everything you and I go through with a big difference though. Jesus was so human that even when was in, he was on the cross, one of the things he cried out at a certain point was what? I'm thirsty. Go to Hebrews chapter 4, if you would please. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We, Jesus went through the human experience, but he was the only man that experienced what you and I experienced, but he was without sin. He conquered sin, then he conquered death for everyone who believed in him could have the same victory. He said we could come then boldly into the throne of grace. What do you think will happen if I decide today to drive down Washington, D.C., show up at the White House, climb over the fence, and decide to have a chat with the president? What do you think will happen? I will become Swiss cheese. Not a pretty one, but Swiss cheese nonetheless. I'm not allowed to do that. I'm not allowed to just go over the fence and walk in. I'm not, I'm not allowed. But through Jesus, the individual who believe, the sinner that repent, the sinner that trust, the sinner that believe can walk into the throne of God at any time, at any moment to find help in time of need, to find mercy, to find grace in time of need. What a position we have because of Jesus Christ. He understand her circumstances. He understand the circumstances of her storms, her weaknesses, and her dilemma that sometimes wanting to do good will end up doing wrong. He understand. He knows. Going back to Mark chapter 4. Going back to Mark chapter 4. Verse 38. And he was in the inner part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and said unto him, Master, care thou not that we perish? Master, do you care that we're going to die? These are the disciples. These are the 12 men that walk with him. 
that had seen, that follow him around and see him works in morning, noon, and night. These are his disciples. And they are faithful for their life. You can, you can almost hear the anxiety, the desperation in their voice, the nervousness. Do you care, Master, that we are about to die? There are circumstances in life that can make us wonder whether Jesus truly cares for us. We ask why. We look at others and wonder how comes they are doing so good when they are in the wrong. And those storms or unexpected moments in life can bring down our faith and resolve for Jesus. We can also come to the point as the disciples did on that day. Jesus, do you care? Jesus, do you mind? And the answer to that is yes, he does. Yes, he does. Psalm 121 says that he, not sumble, he do not slumber or sleep. Psalm 20. 23 speak, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Matthew 6, 32, which we just read, says that the Father know my needs before I even mention it to him. Matthew 10, 30 to 31, he said that he even know the number of your hair, the one you have and the one you lose already. Like some of us. He knows we are so valuable to him that he even knows the number of our hair. John 10, what a marvelous chapter. John 10 speaks of the good shepherd that gave his life for his sheep. Yes, Jesus cares. He cares so much. He cared that we perish. He does care. He cared so much that that's the reason he gave his life. That no one should perish. And that and he care, he continued to care so much, and that's the reason why he have not returned. Go to Second Peter chapter three, if you would please. Second Peter chapter three. He cares so much. He do care if you if mankind perish. Remember, he did not come. John chapter three, speak it well. Jesus speaking, saying and at of itself, I did not come to condemn the world. His purpose was to save, not to condemn. Look at Second Peter chapter three, verse nine. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to us, what? not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Do you know? If, if you are under the sound, the sound of my voice, if you listen to this message to, tonight, Jesus is giving you the opportunity to come to him in repentance for salvation. One of the reasons he has not appeared yet is because he's long suffering for you. For you. Hoping that you will repent. Hoping that you will believe. Hoping that you will come to him. He do not desire that anyone will perish. So yes, Jesus does care. He do care. Answer me if you would, please. Is Jesus faithful? 
Amen. Has he been faithful to you? Is he God? Does he know all things? Is he all powerful? About only two people believe this and answering the question. That's okay. Are all things were made by him? Does he keep all his promises? Is his word truth? Did he die and rose again? Does the Bible say that he will have us in his hand and no one can take us away from his hand and nothing can separate us from him nor his love? Did he say that? Yes, 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 and a million times, ten million times, yes. You know why? Because he cares. There's an old hymn. Called My Anchor Holes. It was written by W.C. Martin, who was born, by the way, in Highstone, New, New Jersey, not far away from, from here, and he was a Baptist preacher. Maybe you know this hymn. Though the angry surges roll, and my tempest driven soul, I am peaceful, for I know, while the though the winds may blow, have an anchor safe and sure that can ever more endure. Mighty tides about me sweep, prayers lurk within the deep. Angry clouds or shaded sky, and the tempest rises high. Still I stand the tempest shock, for my anchor grips the rock. I can feel the anchor fast as I meet each sudden blast. And the cable, though unseen, bears the heavy strain between. Through the storm I'll safely ride till the turning of the tide. Troubles almost whelm the soul. Grief like billows o'er me roll. Tempers seek to lure astray. Storms obscure the light of day. But in Christ I can be bold. I've an anchor that shall hold. And it holds my anchor holes. Blow your wildest den, O gale. And my bark so small and frail. By his grace I shall not fail. For my anchor holds. My anchor holds. Jesus woke up. Verse 39, chapter 4, book of Mark. Verse 49 39, I mean. And he rose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you fearful? Oh, is it that you have no faith? Jesus looked into the eye of the storm. The almighty creator and said, peace be still. And immediately he was calm. Then rebuke, this rebuke was also for his disciples. Be calm. I'm in control. They went to him because they knew somehow that he could do something about what was going on. But Jesus rebuked them. Why? Why? Maybe Jesus is like me. He doesn't like to be awakened when he's asleep. 
I don't know about you. I don't like being awake when I'm sleeping. When I'm sleeping, please let me go. Let me go. Have you ever been sleeping and dreaming and they wake you up and then try to go back to sleep and go back to that dream and you miss it and you're like, oh, that's me. Was that the reason they didn't like? He, he rebuked them? No. He was because of the lack of faith. We need to remember, brethren, folks, my friend, children, that Jesus is always in control. No matter how loud, strong, powerful, or dangerous the storm is, is always in complete control. God has not promised to bring peace to every storm. But he has promised to give us peace through any storm of life is we trust him to take care of us. Even though it's great to see the storm around us to calm down, and I know that will be our first preference, right? All in a sudden, financial situation is great. The family is great. The children is great. The husband is behaving. The job, ooh, is okay. I even got a raise. We will love for everything to be okay. But it is even more important, folks, that our souls are calm in the middle of the storm. You know, that's actually a greater miracle and bring greater glory to God because it shows that we trust him. It shows that we trust him. And let me end, end with this verse. Isaiah chapter 26. It's a good verse to memorize. Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3. Thou will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stay on thee, because he trusted in thee. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stay on thee, because he trusted in thee. Yes, turns will arise, circumstances will, 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 will come, things will change, but stay on Jesus. Stay on Jesus. Keep mind and heart on Jesus. He promised to keep us, not the circumstances, but keep you in perfect peace. If your mind and heart is stayed on him. May God help us to do just that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you know us well. And you know, Father, our weakness and how sometimes circumstances of life rattle us and even our faith. But Lord, help us tonight 
to understand your power. That in your presence, in your presence, you can bring peace. And you, God, will get the glory. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you are our rock. Thank you that you are, you are our anchor. Bless all tonight in Jesus' name. Amen.